Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Glory to you, O Lord. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish. All will see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the others is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. This is one of those passages where when I say the gospel of the Lord, I want to go, the gospel of the Lord? (laughs) Right? Because normally the gospel of the Lord is a statement. Gospel means the good news. The good news of God. We have a reading in which it says, if you do not hate father, mother, brother, sister, even life itself, you cannot be my disciple. And I want to say that is good news. Especially when you hear Psalm 1, which was read uh, earlier, Uh, As we read it responsively in verse 2 of Psalm 1 says, Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on God's teaching day and night. How many people find delight in being told, hate your mother, father, brother, sister? How many people delight and meditate on hating life itself? Those two don't seem to go together. So does anyone else want to preach this morning? It's all yours. Thank you, Leslie. It's all yours. So that's what we hope to do, right? What was said? When was it said? Why was it said? What does that mean for us today? What is being said here now in our world, in our lives? There's something called a worldview. If I say worldview, do you have an idea what I'm talking about? We all have a worldview, correct? A worldview, if you're unsure, is essentially, you might say, uh, a basic assumptions, a philosophy, ideas about how the world works, or better yet, how we think the world should work. <laughs> and based on what we believe on how the world should work, that determines so many of our actions. That determines how we treat other people. That determines what we do with our money. That determines what we do with our time. That 
right? We all have a worldview, a set of assumptions, a philosophy on how we think the world should work. And it can happen uh, personal lives. It can happen as a country, as a, uh, in, in certain areas or different types of worldviews. To uh, stress my point, or to stress it, to help explain my point, I hope, uh, I'm going to talk about baseball, right? You guys know who Theo Epstein is? General, or president of the Chicago Cubs is your first thought, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. You're going to go to the Red Sox. This is why I bring up Theo Epstein, right? Now with the Cubs, formerly with the Red Sox. Theo Epstein got the job when he was, what, 29, 30 years old as general manager? And he is revered here in New England because what was he able to do? Bring a World Series. And he did it by thinking differently than everybody else, Right? He prioritized different things when it came to finding players to sign. He used statistics in a much uh, different way than was done before on who are the players to fit together. But Theo Epstein was not the first one really to pioneer it. Does anyone know who was the first one to pioneer it? Billy Bean. Who said that? There you go, Bernie. Thank you, Billy Bean. There is a book and a movie that talks about this. Anyone know the book or the movie? Chrissy, you're a librarian. You should know. What? <laughs> That's why it's all it's Moneyball. It's all, there's always a hesitancy when you use any kind of analogy. You're going to hit some people and other people. It's going to do this, right? So I hope I explain it well. So if it's baseball's going like this to you, hopefully you get it. But Theo Epstein, his way of thinking or worldview of how a baseball team should be put together, was influenced by Billy Bean of the Oakland Athletics back in the 90s. Billy thought so differently than everybody else. Now, Oakland is what's called a small market team. When I mean a small market team, you oppose that to a big market team, a team like uh, that might be from New York, from Chicago, from L.A., right? Cubs, Yankees, Boston would be a large market team, um, but that might have more resources or money at their disposal put things together. And so, traditionally up until that time, you're looking for certain categories to bring in certain players, right? You want high average, batting average, high, how many home runs and how many runs batted in, RBIs. And if you have a lot of money, you go out and spend a lot of money to bring those guys together, and hopefully you have a winning team. Billy Bean is the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, a small market team. What does he not have readily at his disposal? Money. So what does he have to do? Think differently change his worldview about baseball and how you put a team together in order to hopefully field a competitive team. So Billy Bean really introduced this whole idea of advanced metrics into baseball, a different way of looking at it that doesn't really necessarily look at uh, average home runs and RBIs, but looks at different statistics. So are there players that are under the radar that maybe not have the traditional numbers, that big payouts, but you can find them on the cheap and would help assemble a winning baseball team. That's what Billy Bean is known for, and that's what the movie in the book Moneyball is all about. And while he didn't bring a World Series championship to Oakland, he revolutionized the way general managers function. Theo Epstein comes into it. Now he takes Billy Bean's ideas... Now you have a large market team with large market resources. 
right? How many World Series has Boston won now in the last 15 years, Barry? There you go. I, like, I knew he knew that right away, right? Right? But he revolutionized the game because he changed his world view. How do you think people always received Billy Bean right away when he said, ah, you know what? There's a better way of doing this. Right? He's not really well received. When you change your world view and it's different than everybody else, it's not always well received. Right? You have to play the long game when you're doing it, and trust in that process. I bring up, that just to explain worldview a, a, a bit more, right? I think Jesus is coming to challenge our worldview. And he does it in the sense of a family because that dominates people's way of thinking in biblical times, in, uh, that, in the ancient Mediterranean world of that day. Your family determined your education, your economics, your social standing. It determined everything, who you treated well, who you treated poorly. Your family determined your world view. Jesus is saying our world view should be determined by who? God. That is not to say family is not important. I don't think Jesus really says, hate your mother, father, brother, sister, spouse, whatever it might be, right? Especially when earlier in Luke, he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, hate my family. Wait a minute, you're opposite here, Jesus. Jesus, I think that word hate is used to show the drastic understanding that we need to have when it comes to how do we approach life. Too often we have a worldview and that determines everything else, including our faith. Our politics influence our faith, right? Our job influences our faith, right? Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe whatever it might be and you have a bottom line you have to be concerned about. But you know in order to hit that bottom line, you have to do some things that maybe don't really coincide with what you believe. But it's just business, so that makes it okay. You see what I mean? Jesus is coming and challenges our most basic assumptions of how we believe the world should work. And is calling people to a new way of life. Come and follow me. Our faith should determine what kind of husband I am. How I treat my wife, right? How I treat my kids. How I do my job. How I treat those who treat me poorly. How I treat those who treat me well. Our faith should determine all of that. Too often, I believe, in our world, it's the opposite, isn't it? You did that. You hurt me. So what can I get to? What do I get to do to you? Hurt you, right? We function much more in that way than what I believe God is calling us to. So that gets us to pick up my pick up your cross and follow me. Has anybody ever heard the phrase? That's just my cross to bear. Anybody ever used that phrase? That's just my cross to bear. Oftentimes when we use that phrase or that phrase is used, that's just my cross to bear, 
it's because something bad has happened to us. We've gotten bad luck. A disease has stricken our family, a loved one, ourselves. Uh, something, I got fired from my job. Who knows what it might be? That's just my, I didn't have anything. It's not my fault, but it's something I have to deal with, and it's just my cross to bear. Does that make sense, right? I think that's the way it's frequently used. That is the wrong way for that phrase to be used. Was the cross that Jesus had to bear simply bad luck? Was it just something? You know what? He did his best to avoid it, but <laughs> too bad, Jesus. No. He bared the cross because of the life that he lived. He had a different worldview than was prevalent at that time. And there were consequences to it. Do we want to change our worldview? Right? So we have to ask ourselves. Back then, Jesus using the aspect of the family because those are the people he is talking to where family determines the worldview. What determines your worldview? What could you put in place of, Jesus says, if you do not hate, fill in the blank. You'd think you're crazy. But that's the most important thing to me. That's what determines everything else. I can't hate that. That is what gives me the ideas about how the world should work. What would you fill in if you do not hate blank? We're called to say Christ gives us our worldview and that determines everything else. And in a world that works one way, that says might is right, right? Money matters more than it should. Strength is important. And Jesus says, love, forgiveness, pray for those who persecute you, love your enemies. If we really do those things, how are we going to be received frequently? You're crazy. That's not the way the world works. But that is picking up our cross and following Jesus. Trust then is to, faith then is to trust that is a better way to live. Faith is not just able to recite these five bullet points. Faith is stepping out and saying, okay, Jesus, forgiveness is better. I'm going to work toward forgiveness. Okay, Jesus, mercy is better. I'm going to work toward forgiveness. Okay, Jesus, peace is better. I'm going to work toward forgiveness. I'm going to work towards peace. Does that make sense? That's hard. That's not easy to do. I think that's why we come together in worship. Faith is trusting that it's better, that we're freed. Anybody wish they could be freed from anger? <laughs> Anybody wish they could be freed from bitterness? Freed from judgment? Free from being judged? Maybe I wish they could breathe a little bit more. Oh. That means what do we need to let go of? What do we need to, what is those things that give us our worldview that says hate is okay, that says 
uh, violence is okay, that says exclusion is okay, that says, right? And how do we let Jesus, let God revealed in Jesus, dictate all those roles that we play in our life? As a father, as a mother, as a parent, as a as a spouse, as a kid, as a worker, as a citizen, as a you name it. How does our faith influence those? As about those simply influencing our faith. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.